Hey, everybody. It's your host, Hampton Dorch, with a recap of my episode with Bob Wheatley. His book, Our Heart's Desire, is awesome. I am almost done with it. It is super good. I love all the movie references, and it just explains so much about the feeling that you feel when you watch a great movie um, that only lasts so long. And so I'll talk about that here in a minute. The first thing that I noticed about him was, I mean, this guy was a, a college athlete. I mean, he played for USC and pitched there, and then he went on and played in the minor leagues. Like that, that's, that's not easy to do. But one thing that he said is that he couldn't really out-talent people. Sure, he was tall and he was left-handed, but he couldn't throw as fast as a lot of the other pitchers, but he worked hard, worked harder than anybody. And that's another point that I want to make. I, I think that so often we're obsessed with like raw natural talent, like, oh my gosh, like he made it to the to the minor leagues and he played college baseball and all of that. And yeah, but he worked super hard. And this principle that we need to remember from the book Grit by Angela Duckworth is talent times effort equals skill. And then skill times effort equals achievement. Notice something about that equation. Effort counts twice. That's what she says in the book, Angela Duckworth. Great. Check out that book. But effort counts twice. So I think that for not, I think I know that the vast majority of people are not LeBron James when it comes to talent. Like we're just kind of regular people. But if you work really hard for a consistent long period of time, you will be successful. You might not be LeBron James, but guess what? LeBron James, even though he might have more natural talent than anyone, he also works harder than anyone. And both of those things combined, you were absolutely unstoppable. Um, so all that said, life principle, work hard, effort counts twice. Bob obviously did that and shout out to him for that. Also, one thing he talks about on this episode is if I could just have X, man, that's the lie that we all fall into. If I could just date that person. If I could just get into that college, if I could just get that job, if I could just make that amount of money, if I could just get that car, that house, that marriage, that kid, that vacation, it never ends. We all know this. What's cool is I'm saying, or not cool. What's sad is that I'm saying this right now, yet probably at some point in the middle of this podcast, I'm even going to think about like the thing that I'm working towards that when I have, I won't even be grateful for. I'll already be thinking about the next thing. Tony Hale, um, he's an actor. He went to Samford University where I went. He has a book. It's, it's a children's book, but adults need to read it too. It's called The Next Big Thing. We are always going for the next big thing. And in the book, the, the lesson that you learn is he's often in the middle of a big thing and he doesn't even enjoy it because he's always on to the next big thing. So we will waste our lives if we're always believing the lie of finding the next thing. And I think Bob spoke to that a little bit. The next thing I want to talk about is catharsis. I think I said that right. Um, and I am no expert on this. I learned about this through Bob. Um, but there's the three D's of desire, delay, and delivery. And we are currently living in that um, in the large story of humanity. But pretty much every book, every movie goes through this where like there's a desire, a delay, and then a delivery at the end when, when there's this big happy ending. Well, for us, um, especially for those who are, are Christians, followers of Christ, what's so cool is we actually know what happens. Like the Bible tells us what happens and we're currently in the delay. So there was the desire at the beginning. Now there's the delay, which we're living in. And then there's the delivery when Christ returns. Oh, that's so exciting to think about. Um, and so I think that when we understand that, like we actually know the delivery then we can live with so much freedom because like we know what's happening in the end. Uh, and there's so much joy. I mean, when he talks about when you go to a movie 
and uh, the the princess and the prince end up together at the end, or the evil is defeated, or the amazing thing happens at the end, and there's that delivery feeling. You walk out of the movie theater with your jaw on the ground. You're in the parking lot. You're in the car. You're kind of in this daze, and you just want to like keep feeling that. You want to experience it. You want to be like in the movie. And you're like, wow, this is awesome. And then like you get hungry and you, you kind of forget about it. What's so cool is that feeling with your jaw on the floor for those of us that are in Christ is, is the feeling that we have for all of eternity. That feeling of delivery of, of, of Christ has returned and been united with his bride, the church. And we are in heaven for all eternity with him. <laughs> that is super cool to think about. And I think that it's even awesome to have now read this book, which I need you to read. You can even watch movies that were created by people that would say that they hate God. Yet what we have, what is written on our hearts by our creator, God, we can't help but long for that delivery, which is the third part of catharsis. And so if you watch so many movies, even by people who are atheists, it ends in that like happy ending in that delivery. So just know that like that is the story of humanity. And we're currently in the delay right now as we're waiting on the return of Christ. And for those of us that are in Christ, we can live with confidence and boldness because we know what happens in the end. There's this song by Maverick City in Upper Room called Getting Ready. Um, and at the end, it says, we know what happens at the end. And it just keeps saying, we're getting ready. We're getting ready. We're getting ready for the return of Christ. And so when you're getting ready for that, like, what does that look like? It, likes, it looks like living your life with intention. It looks like caring about other people loving other people, sharing your faith and, and love with them. Because ultimately, like, even though we are sinful and we a lot of times end up caring so much about ourselves, I fall into this all the time. Like if we're in Christ, we know that our calling for our life is to go and make disciples of all nations. Like that, that's what we're supposed to do. And this is another little rant that I'm going on. I know Bob didn't necessarily talk about in this book, but I know he would agree with this. My pastor spoke or preached recently on, we're going through Acts right now. And when you read the book of Acts, you see Paul and all these other followers of Jesus um, in the early days of the church getting persecuted. Um, and, and they still keep going. Like Paul will get absolutely beat up, thrown outside of the city, but he'll go back into the city and keep preaching. He'll be in prison and he'll be praising God, singing. He'll be healing people. And you're like, wow, that's some really cool power. That's kind of the Bible story. Um, I wonder where that power is now, like in my life. This is what my pastor said. Um, in Acts chapter one, there's a verse. It's like the most powerful book or verse in the book of Acts, one of the most in the Bible. And it's, um, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in, in all of Jerusalem and all of Samaria and all of Judea and to the ends of the earth. I think that's exactly right. I, I might not be exactly right, but that's like a super powerful, powerful verse. Like we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that applies to us the same as it did to Paul back then. But what's the difference? Well, we might say, God, where, where's the power today? Like, I'm really struggling. Like, I need that power to, to heal the sick or to get myself out of this, like, really hard situation that I'm in. And the difference is not that Paul and all of those people weren't sinners, but their whole life goal was to make disciples. Like, they were literally living out the mission because that's the only reason they had breath in their lungs. And for you and me, many of us in America, living a distracted life, chasing the American dream, the last thing we're doing is fulfilling our calling. Like, of course, we say we love Jesus. We might go to church and everything like that. But the power that we're seeking from God is not to save other people. It's to help ourselves. <laughs> I promise you, if you make your whole life about making disciples and ask God for power to have opportunities to share your faith, to see crazy things happen and people be converted, you will see that. 
you will. And I am speaking to myself so much right now. The last thing I want anyone to hear is that I have this figured out. I am incredibly selfish. I'm a, kind of obsessed with my with my job and with doing this podcast because it's a lot of fun and I get to meet a lot of cool people and everything. And so often I can get distracted from the mission. And and by the way, if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this, I love you. And I'm so glad that you're listening to this. And please don't hear this as me trying to shame you or tell you that you're living your life wrong or anything. I, but but this is what I believe and I just can't not talk about it. So I'm so thankful that you're here. And if you have any questions, please reach out to me, by the way. But but all that said, for for the Christian that wants that power, like we can have it if we make it about our calling, which is to go and make disciples. I don't even know how I got on that tangent, um, but Bob Wheatley, your book and this conversation that we had clearly got me on that. And I guess I was supposed to say that. Um, the, another thing that I wanted to talk about was. So the last thing I want to talk about from Bob is reflecting a little bit on his story. I mean, he lost baseball, he lost the girl or the relationship, and he lost his business all in a very short period of time. And he would say that that is what led him to realize that he ultimately was not following God. Because so often we we put our hope in the in our success, in our relationships, in, in the money that we make, in the friendships that we have, uh, in sports or whatever it is. And, and our life is generally pretty easy. But then when all of that falls apart, um, we realize that our identity was wrapped up in those things. And I want you to hear that it's actually God's kindness allowing those things to happen. I've had some really hard things happen in my life. Um, me and my wife, Erica, now, like we broke up in the middle of college and it was like super, 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 super hard. But like because of that, that's what led me to realize that I was putting my identity in our relationship in what people thought about us on social media, in the titles that I had on my campus in college. And ultimately, even when I got those things, it didn't make me happy. And so that's where I really learned, oh, all of these Bible stories I grew up hearing, it's not just to like memorize stuff. And being a Christian doesn't mean that you just like agree to historical events. It means that you recognize that the king of the universe who made you and made me sent his only son who is literally perfect to live a perfect life and die for you and me so that we could have hope so that we could spend all eternity with Jesus. If we confess our sins and follow Christ. And when you actually realize that it, it starts to change the way that you live your life. You're not perfect by any means, but he will change the desires of our heart. And so Bob obviously had these hardships happen in his life. And that really led to him following Jesus. And so the challenge to you, and this is the biggest challenge, and uh, there, there's no bigger really challenge than this, is really ask yourself, like, where does my hope lie? Am I following Jesus? Or do I just kind of like go to church on Sunday? And if that's you, that's okay. Don't feel shame. A lot of people feel that. And also, you don't have to have this moment. You don't have to have this huge breakup. You don't have to get fired by any means. I think a lot of times people fall into that trap. and They're like, wait, I don't have this crazy story. 
really like you just have to recognize that if this is up to you, like if this life is up to you to find happiness, to find joy, to find satisfaction or fulfillment, like you're not going to find it. Um, and you can only find that in Christ. Um, you have a hole in your heart, like our heart's desire. We have a hole in our heart with the shape of Jesus. And we try to fill it with money, uh, with lust, with relationships, with status, and it never fills us. And Jesus is the only thing that can satisfy us. And so I just really appreciate Bob for sharing um, his testimony and his story of how he found God. And I just would encourage you to reflect on what that looks like for you. So, so much to learn from Bob. Follow him on social media, on TikTok. Please read his book. It's awesome. I'll put all the links to everything below. I will see you on Monday. It's time for you and me to wake up and leave.